morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm not too sure where we're going today, but Brian has a theme going, and that is uh, always the question every Sunday morning with our music is, uh, what theme do we have going today under the rainbow? Over the rainbow. Over the rainbow. <laughs> I was under the rainbow. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so gardening, and I got Kath Smythe with me, so good morning, Kath. Good morning, Merle. And you're just saying you guys had a great talk with a- Elaine Rood at the, for the Calgary Horse Society? Yeah, our members talked this past week on Thursday was just, uh, Elaine's talk was really interesting. We had a few technical glitches with the computers, but gosh, we had a huge crowd. Awesome. We ran out of chairs. It was great to see all those people, though. I haven't seen some of those faces. And where do you guys now. have talks like that nowadays? Well, in the community halls. This past one was at the Haysboro community. I don't, I think we're going to need the bigger room next time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's, well, you can keep touch on that, obviously, at the org. Yes. And all that kind of fun stuff. So if you're looking to... Uh, Listen to hear what's going on in the in the gardening world, and the Hort Society is a great place to start. Um, meet all kinds of different people, and everyone likes to share the information and all that fun and stuff. Chit chat back and forth. There were members there from the Rose Society and from the Alpine Group Crags. It was a real fun thing to see some of the friends. No, and that's one of the thing I love about having a garden center, or being in the garden center business, is on. A lot of the days, people coming in, you just start chatting about plants in the greenhouse, and before you know it, two hours go by, you get hung out by the seed rack and (laughs) wherever else, and uh, it's amazing what you can talk about, and and, uh, people love to ask and and chat and share their stories and share their successes, and and that's sort of what this show is about, and and try and help and uh, provide some information that we have to... uh, Try and create some success in the garden in Calgary because Calgary is one of the harder places to garden. And one of the things I find is with gardening and uh, people try to do almost sometimes too much. They get too ambitious and they get into, they go to the seed rack and they go, oh, my mom used to grow that and I had that. And I, and then they come out of there with $100 worth of seed. Yeah. <laughs> and or, or doing too much, too, too many fertilizers, too much Food, too many things. Like sometimes, as they say, the keep it simple. That's right. Um, it, it, it is. And, and we've really worked hard at, at Spruce It Up to try and we've eliminated a whole bunch of stuff off of our chemical wall. We're just duplications and duplications of stuff doing the same thing. And it was confusing for our staff. Yes. And, and I couldn't imagine being confused as a consumer coming in there because and I tour a lot of garden centers. That's always part of my mantra. If I'm out um, traveling, even on holidays or wherever, I'll stop in at garden centers and, and look. And I go into some places and I'll see like $200,000 worth of chemicals. And I'm just like, and 20 of the, 10 of the same fertilizer, right? And like the, it's just, the, the numbers of SKUs that takes up, I look at it and I go, oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So anyway, so I guess trying to keep it simple, um, and that's sort of how I've had some success in gardening and and trying to simplify a lot of things and and same I and I follow a couple sites and and when I see people come into the garden center and they ask about how do I look after a plant and and a lot of plants are fairly similar like they need a, a good soil mm-hmm. um, they need to be watered. Not too much, not too little. <laughs> um, usually, let them dry out in between waterings. Good drainage. 
Drainage and soil. Soil and, and drainage. And that's a big thing. And we got this new product in these, these, uh, these pots that have drainage slats all the way around them. And we have those Leica rocks. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's just so many of the new decorative pots have no drainage. So we have these inserts that have drainage. So you can plant your plant in this insert. And then you can put it in all these nice decorative pots and you just slide it out, water it, and then you can just put it back in and it just, or if you want to plant right in it and just leave it in there, you can, you can just water it in there and it has the drainage on the bottom and, and, and the water won't sit in water per se. So it almost works like a self-watering pot, I guess. So. Well, I was investigating them when I was there the other day. So I, I did sort of study it up a bit, but I do my containers with no drainage as you probably have done in the past yeah. with gravel yep. and a little bit of charcoal and yep. I actually to me the only use for landscape fabric <laughs> is the layer between the gravel and the soil and that stops the roots from getting down in the well of water and they don't rot yep. so it's it's all in how you approach it and I've been doing it for ages but I now I've saw those pots I'm going hmm that is the well, honestly <laughs> that's the biggest killer um, usually of house plants per se is mm-hmm. is over water and you get people get well no I got to water it once a week and no matter what and you don't it doesn't, you have to let them no. dry out in between waterings yeah. and uh, and just check them that way and and it, and my other thing is they buy really pretty pots but the really pretty pots don't have drainage in them so you're always looking for a way not to have them sitting down in all that and water we ha- we have definitely working with a lot of our suppliers and we found. Um, and we're talking with them and in, in getting plants, pots with trays and with drainage. And it's amazing. A lot of these design companies, they really want to learn as well. So we've worked with a number of them. And so when you go through our, our pottery selection, you'll see probably 75% have drainage and with a tray. Um, there's definitely some that don't, but we're working with our suppliers, trying to get them more to have actual plant pots, not just decor pots. So. But what about clay pots? I really like clay pots. Yeah, still. no, and then we're getting them all with saucers. I like the I like the aesthetic of it. Oh it's yeah, a personal thing, but absolutely, I like them. But I I also know that people buy sometimes buy them and they complain about them because they say their plants don't do well, but. My trick has always been soak your clay pot in warm water before you fill it up with soil. And yep. You're talking the terracotta? Or, terracotta. Yeah. The red terracotta. Good old-fashioned. Yep. But there's some beauties out there. The long toms, the taller ones. Yeah, and they've changed. They've added some colors. They call one a chocolate terracotta, and then they have a new white terracotta. Um, same characteristics. And I agree with you. They're very good for plants. Plants can breathe um, in them. It's almost just like mm-hmm. an extension. It's way better than a plastic pot or some of those ceramic pots, like you yes. said, with with the glaze on them in in the inside, because they are the 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 roots hit those and they can actually breathe and it takes some water and mm-hmm. it's so I I do we do have I, yeah terracotta has taken on a whole another realm again it's, it's come, a new image back yeah which i'm glad it's an old image but it's back uh, yeah, yeah as i as i learn these words when i'm going on these things it's on trend oh is it yes so oh. there you go oh so are you an influencer is I, that well, the current i'm not sure I, I i think i get influenced <laughs> <laughs> i think you might <laughs> yeah so when you uh when you when you and that's and, and it's hard like when we go to those the buying shows um like we're just in Atlanta and you're dealing, you got 9 million square feet 
or whatever it is. Like it's how many? It's there's like three office three towers, towers in downtown. Yeah. And Atlanta. it's the most. It's the hardest place to find your way around in. I used to be lost half the time. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> and it's nice they have some maps and on yes. and, and an app for it and they help you. And being at Garden Center, you definitely have to pay attention because it's very easy to veer off into a floor of a whole bunch of different um, decor or oh, gimmicky jewelry. gifts or, or jewelry. jewelry. I yeah, got lost I, in the jewelry. <laughs> no, and, and but it's true. You, and as a as a garden center, um, we've really tried to have the focus of bringing um, the garden center back to the garden center because um, it, it is easy to veer off. And I go into some garden centers, and it's hard to find anything that's a garden. Like, well, I, yes, I I don't want to go down that road because I used to struggle a lot when I was buying. We yeah no it, it is tough and you have to make a conscious effort of of trying to stay in your lane as uh <laughs> and honestly because it is it's very easy to go to these shows oh, I could try that I could try this and and so we've definitely worked a lot of our giftware and our decor um try to have a garden theme to it and uh, I think At we've done a good job have a footprint in gardening or some yeah, I, th- I think some so relevance. but. Yeah, and we've been very fortunate, and uh, we got a great uh, team down at Spruce It Up um, with Suzanne and Chris and Zoe and and Lori and and all the girls down there and and guys that uh, really display it really well, and uh, and just try and change up Suzanne. Like a, a display doesn't sit probably if it's not moving or something, she has it redone. So when it, when you're coming into the store, it always looks different, which I, which I enjoy. So, so we got a text that says, did you say to pre soak a clay pot before filling with soil? Yes, I is did. Is that what you did? Yes, I do. Always and, have. And, yeah. And a lot of that is cause the clay is like a wick. And so if you've put your soil in there and if it's, if, if the clay is totally, totally dry, It'll it'll wick the moisture out of the soil, so it just it it's a preemptive. Um, it's perce- a way to keep the moisture going to the root system because yeah. quite often when you first repot a plant, the pot itself is larger with a lot of soil around it with root systems that are sitting in the inner rim of the soil. So you're watering the sides of the pot instead of watering the soil properly. Absolutely. So I soak them in. For at least 20 minutes so that they take up moisture and then they change color. They go oh, in yeah. deeper terracotta and yep. it works a lot better. And we're seeing a lot of terracotta being mixed with a half glaze, a quarter glaze on them now. So we have some really neat um, terracotta coming into the store from our last trip and that'll all be in within the next uh, um month two months sort of thing as we sell we, we bring in new stock all the time and so we have a whole bunch of uh of pots coming into uh in down at spruce it up just to keep the selection fresh and yes you know when you talk about pots and repotting one of the things that i always tell people when i'm repotting or working with a group i always say that if you're using terracotta you're going to soak it but don't forget to soak the so- potting soil you're working with as well because you're going to take and tickle the roots a little bit to get the roots loosened and then you're going to put it in and you're going to put all that soil around it and tap it down so there's no air pockets but if the soil's already a little bit moist you don't shock it too much by getting too much water yeah. sitting at the root yeah no it's uh and, and good soil and i know we've uh we got a couple we carry the promix and then we also have our we have the 
Greener, no, green, yeah, Green Earth. Groundskeeper's Pride? No, oh, his Earth? other brand. Um, oh, that one, yes, no. Um, with Russ. <laughs> uh, green Harvest. Green Harvest, that's Tropical it. Tropical Plant, yes. um, which is a great local um, blend, and so we're really happy to have that in great packaging and, and good pricing on that soil. And it's bagged locally, which yeah, I like too. Which is really good. And uh, so we tried to bring in a couple, again, a good quality soil, and then on the bigger bags, we we blend our own, and we put a little bit of zeolite and some of the other stuff in there. And as far as the hemp, we also have the hemp additive oh, yes. uh, for your soil. I gave that to Dwight, our cannabis guy, who who's going to come in and, and do a, a talk with us in a, in a month or so. We're going to do a little... Uh, cannabis thing and uh and for some of the people that are interested but i wanted them to try growing cannabis in cannabis or in a hemp uh, in hemp <laughs> i'm just gonna say wait a minute to see no. if it can be uh see what he thinks of that type of soil and uh so it'll be interesting to see um what he comes up with because it, i really like it because it's it's really it's like you could almost plant um orchids in it you could do it because it's really quite fibrous and it, I love it as a soil amendment or mixing with real soil outside or anything because it holds um, the amount of moisture it holds. It's really good. I used it for a lawn patch as well. Mm-hmm. I just had the bag and I grabbed the bucket and I put my hemp scents in there. And then I put in like a quarter bag of grass seed or half bag grass seed, whatever the mixture is. And I just mixed it up and sort of made my own shake that, you know, well, stuff you a, spend. The hemp is sustainable. It, it's more, um, it's easily come by. Well, it's and eco-friendly. Can, it's eco-friendly. Sustainable. We have a lot of cannabis growers in Alberta. And I think there's a lot of byproducts that if we could use them this way. Um, I just think it's more beneficial well, than ripping up the, the peat bogs. So. Have you tried the um, hemp pots? Yeah. I've seen those on the market just late, lately, and I'm I'm quite interested to try some out, so I'm probably going to... Yeah, they can build anything out of hemp, and I hope that takes on, and I know with the states taking it on, and with the eco f- stuff that's coming on, I think those are kind of things that we look need to look at more. You can create plastic from hemp. Well, you can do all kinds of different well, things from hemp. Well, and it speaks to our resiliency as an industry as to being able to adapt to these. Well, in, if you look in the in the in the past, hemp was a big, big thing, and then it got sure. shut down um, <laughs> because of the flowers that the plant yeah, produced. Yeah, on some of that, and also just uh, special interest groups and stuff. But now it, it's coming back in, so I really hope it uh, it takes some footing here in uh, in our industries because I think it's a great renewable resource. And speaking of renewable resources, we need to take a break for some commercials. Uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted tree care service company. For pruning or removal, we got you covered. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. And welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are the talk and text lines. 
Um, so if you have any problems with any of your plants and you want to send us a picture, um, that 403-974-8255 will also accept your picture so we can have a look. So it makes it a little bit easier for us to diagnose any issues you might be having with any of your plants or trees outside or or house plants, any of that kind of fun stuff. Feel free to share that with us and uh, we'd be more than happy to answer your questions. And I've sort of been thinking about what... Uh, what's going on in in the gardening world at this time of year. We're heading into February. It's still a bit early. You can start some seeds, but it's still a little bit early. If you want to do some herbs inside, some things like that, or if you have a, a grow Or room. your leeks. You yeah. can start your leeks for, from seed and your onions, the, if you want the bigger onions. Mind you, you can also get the sets later on, but... Yeah, so, but then it depends on, on what facilities you have in your house and things like yes. that. Because yes. you want to, uh, if you're going to start them, you want to create good success. And, well, it's uh, valuable real estate in the house, so you want to decide what are the most valuable crops you're going to grow indoors yeah, to I, transfer out, etc. I'd love to build a solarium type thing where you can just... Um, sit in there and feel like you're in this in a little tropical jungle and, uh, and, and, and enjoy that I think would be uh, a lot of fun and uh, just to... enjoyable spot to, cause in Calgary, unfortunately it is. A season is short. I have a Southwest facing, uh, kitchen with yeah. wraparound windows, but it's not enough. And the deck goes right off of it. And I keep looking at it because I have to rebuild it this year. It's got to go. Yeah. And I keep looking and thinking, maybe I should just put a sunroom back there. Yeah, We've done a couple. We just did one in Sundance. Really nice project um, for a family and uh, created an outdoor room with a fireplace, barbecue, all that stuff. And uh, it just created an extension of their of their, of their their house. And exactly. uh, they go out there and we used a... Um, the Lexan roofing structure, so it lets the light Lexan in. Lets the so light that's in. the same stuff that is used in most greenhouses and things like that. So exactly, um, we use that as the roof cover, which is and it's worked out very well. And we got a few people joining us on the phone line, so we're gonna head to those right now. Let's go. We'll see what's going on. We'll go. What time is it? Let's go to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. How are you? Oh, good. Okay, you two. You've given, <laughs> you've given me some wonderful hints okay. about tickling plants. Okay. So I've tickled two beautiful tea roses, put them in a great big pot here, mm-hmm. and I bought your potting soil last fall. Yep. So I did exactly what you said, Cass. Oh, good. Yeah, put a little bit of, uh, like, put water in it a little bit first. And I use rainwater. I save it. And then uh, I just tickle the plants. You should see them. Wild magic. They're beautiful. Yeah. And I've got Southwest Solarium here. Uh-huh. It's starting to look like a greenhouse. I, I've got <laughs> too many plants for my birthday. Everybody oh. wa- no, not too many. Never, never too, have too never many. Too many. <laughs> no, I know, but it's... I'm finding I don't have room in the in the windowsills. Uh, I'm juggling. You're juggling. You're you're rotating your crops. Yeah, and and yes. also your orchid hints really good. But I I don't like that. 
that brick stuff or whatever, that hard stuff. That hard stuff? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know what it is about it. When I'm pushing <laughs> oh, it down with rocks? my hands, it pricks my hands. <laughs> well, I should use uh, gloves, I guess. Yes. Well, I never use gloves. Ah. Uh. And then I'm sorry I have sore hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks Mary. Mary. For all your great hints. Great, great, great show. Thanks, Mary. Okay, you guys take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye now. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And we've already had someone figure out the theme. I haven't figured it out yet. No, I, the only, I tried to work on an anniversary of the... <laughs> Somebody's it, birthday or something. Somebody's birthday, but then again, everything's about optimism. There you go. Oh. There we go, maybe. Maybe. All right, let's go. And we're gonna, I think this is Myrna, who's very optimistic on the gardening. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning, Merle and Joanne. I, I got Kath with me today, but... <laughs> oh, Joanne. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, well, I, I'm, I can be called just about anything. <laughs> uh, no, it's just a tongue mistake. Okay. That <laughs> <laughs> happens. Anyways, good morning, you guys. Good and morning. I am optimistic since um, Kat is talking about being optimistic that summer is coming. Yeah, I, this February's we've had our cold spell. Hopefully, we had that in January last year. We had it in February, so hopefully, we're we're done with that right now. We can just have a good winter for the next month or so. Good to, to stay in these steady temperatures, which is still keeps everything frozen, keeps it nice, and yeah. uh, move on to move on to summer. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm starting spring in my house. I have some, uh, I still have some amaryllis because I stagger them. Yeah. And I I am now starting to. I have blooms for my hyacinths now. So. Oh, nice. And it, I, I like that when you say you stagger them because because at Christmas you get. Uh, sometimes we get over inundated. We have all the colors. We have things light up all over the place. We have our Christmas tree, and then you have amaryllis. So it's nice to in January, February, because we kind of those are the dull months a bit. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to add those colors into your home in those in the other months. Yeah, and and, and it gives me it gives me a, a enlightenment that summer is coming and uh... <laughs> gives you that great big hope, doesn't it? Yes, but the hope is there now. Yes. So do you have have any questions? What I'm phoning for today is about my canna lily. I'm just, you know, it's my first time this year to to put them away in the fall. So I did that. And when do I bring them out and how do I uh, um, um, make them grow? Well, you want to get them out there right now. Mine, right now. Yeah, get them, put them in pots. If you want a great big show from them, now's the time to get them out yeah. there. And if you've got a nice pot that you're already going to put them in, maybe the pot that you put inside that pot, you should start them right in that so that they can get their roots going and get the tops back on them. 
I've oh. got some some I didn't even take out of the pots last winter, and they just got put up on the grow table yeah, last week. Yeah, I have week. a couple to test uh, as a test run. I have a couple of pots that I put away yes. and didn't didn't even take them out of the pot. No, you should. You don't need to for a couple of years, but get them out and put some fresh soil on top and. Give them a little bit of a stir around to aerate the old soil and water them, and they'll start to sprout. They're for like you. a good. You can use them like a house plant too. Just oh. keep them in that bright spot, um, especially if you're starting them right now, like Kath is saying, to get that nice show. Because, and that's always the thing. You go downtown, or you see some places where they have them, and they're like five feet tall. And they, well, how do they get them that big? Well, you got to start them early, and right? And they're overwintering some of them in greenhouses. Yeah. So, oh. So I, if you're on the right track right now, yeah, get it into a, like a two-gallon pot, put some nice oil, give it a good thorough watering, and start fertilizing with the 15-30-15. You can even use a 30-10-10 to start it out with to get it going. And uh, just because you want to get some growth or maybe start with the 15-30-15, get the roots going yes, first. Yes, I was just going to say 15-30-15 first, and I do it a couple of times two weeks apart, and then I get them growing and then you, then you wonder what you're going to do with your collection because right now I have 18 canna lily bulbs that I'm not <laughs> sure where they're going to live. But those are great <laughs> features for all your pots, and yes. I know you like doing pots, Myrna. Yes, I do. So and the, uh, I planted some in the ground, and ooh. they bloom all, all summer, Yes, and they have the accent of the nice leaves. But you can see, you can get some nice leaves out of them, even if they don't bloom. Well, they have lovely contrast. The, the biggest thing with them, to Myrna and for everybody else listening, is deadheading. Like, when they're almost done blooming, cut them off, and oh. it'll just send more and more. If you leave them too long, they start forming their seed pods and things like that, and then they think they've done their job, and they'll stop blooming or won't bloom as much. But just let them, as soon as they start going brown and the, and the bloom looks like it's just starting to be spent, cut them off, and it'll just force more and more. Okay. And they will love to bloom. And I put them in quite a few restaurants that we do on their patios because it gives them the really nice show. And then I usually grab, there's usually a couple of the servers, guys or girls, the younger ones that want to learn a little bit about flowers. And I bring them outside and I show them how to maintain them. And then those are the ones that uh, end up with really nice success because they give you that show. And especially in those super hot spots, if you have anything that's really hot in your yard yeah. and you want something to really give you a show, those canna lilies, man, oh, they give you that nice tropical leaves. look. Yeah, those Big leaves are so fabulous. Yes. <laughs> so, so I start fertilizing them. Yes, as soon as you bring... When I put them in the pot, those... Yep. those uh, those bulbs? Yeah, I would do it like we were saying, like a 15, 30, 15. You want a higher middle number or 10, 52, 10, either one of those. Um, that helps get the roots going and also helps pushing the phosphorus in there. So that way when they go to bloom, that's the that's the, that's the trace mineral that really promotes blooming. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. A nice sunny spot and you'll you be too. perfect. Okay, thank you. I'll thanks, let Myrna. you know what happens. Okay. Perfect. Thanks, Myrna. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Raindrops have fallen on my head. And just like the guys... Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Can't wait for the, the day uh, raindrops are falling. Actually, I had that last week. I was in Vancouver. At a, oh, we were visiting bragging. a couple of our <laughs> suppliers, and it was pouring rain the one oh, day. Oh, I don't know about that. 
Yeah, it was pouring, pouring, pouring. Let's go to Dale. He wants to ask a question. Good morning, Dale. Um, yeah, thank you. I, oh. I enjoy your program. Thank you so much. Um, I, 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 he, I keep hearing people phoning in, and uh, I w- maybe this is an old wives' tale. Okay. But uh, they said when you bring a plant in the house, yeah. you put it in place, you don't touch it. You leave it. But I hear people saying, well, I'm moving it from room to room, and I'm repotting. I thought those plants didn't like to be touched. Is Dep- that an old wives' tale? It's a bit of an old wives' tale. depends on what it is and the size of pot it's in. And each plant is individual, Dale, to be honest. like, And, and each situation is a little bit individual. Uh, they, uh, but I, I agree. Sometimes they don't want to get too much. Some people, like I said, we were talking about earlier, kill them with kindness. They're just trying to do too much. Um, all at once, but if you get a, a new plant and it's totally root bound, before you bring it home, you want to transplant it to new pot. That's perfectly fine. Um, but but again, once you get in the home, it, yeah, you don't want to move it around all the time and and things like that because they they do like to get used to their environment. They get climatized. And, and some, yeah, and sometimes it's just a question of they don't recognize the environment as what they're used to, and sometimes they'll shed leaves or go a bit yellow around the edges, and people overreact. They don't give it a chance to acclimatize, so well, that can be an and issue. And especially the certain types. Of, if, you, if you're bringing home a, a fig tree, like a, fi, a Benjamin, they don't like drafts. They don't like, and sometimes the, when you bring them in, they'll shed leaves, and that, and people get freaked out about it, right? And uh, but for the most part, if you bring a plant home, transplant it into a new pot, they're going to say thanks. They like it. So uh, just just sort of one general question. Yeah. From the time I buy, say a, a plant from your greenhouse. Yep. And I bring it home. Yep. How many times has that plant been moved or touched? <laughs> Oh. Any idea at all? Well, I would say, well, from the from a nursery to a wholesaler to a thing, probably twenty times. Like, I mean, are they coming from a truck from Ontario? No. Well, what, everything comes up from Florida for the most part. Like, there's all the Florida growers, and everything's growing outside down there. They bring them up to. We have distribution centers up here. Or, or we do direct buys, but typically the truck of plants comes up from Florida because the only way we can do it cost-effectively, because with freight and bringing stuff all the way in from Florida, is that we have to bring full truckloads in, right? Uh, are they ever dead? Oh, not very often. Sometimes if the climate control in the truck messes up or if it gets held up at the border or something like that, because everything has to be inspected, and then there's FIDOs, and there's all these uh, um, rules and regulations. But all that's done, and it's a pretty good system that's in place with when it's done properly. I'm bringing stuff in from Thailand now. Like I have a, we're working with a grower who does tissue culture and different plants in Thailand. He flies over the boxes here into Vancouver. They go into a greenhouse for climatization for three to six weeks. And all the ones that do well are rooted in, then they get shipped out to to us at the garden center for sale. I have some really nice constellation tie, like the variegated monsterias, which are really quite rare. I got a bunch of those coming in this in in two weeks. So, um, and to bring in the different plants, we have to, and and especially being in Calgary. It, it, it is a tough go, and we really have to try and keep the cost down and work with the right supply chain. So it is just a wives' tale. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And same when they talk about a tree, plant it. 
Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you there, Dale. Go ahead. No, no, you can just move a plant from one room to another and just yep. water it. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah, no worries. Oh. oh. Yeah, and same with a tree. Like when they say, oh, you plant on the north side. Like, honestly, a tree that's grown in our nursery, it gets put on a truck, it's spun around five times, it goes back there, we unload it, it goes in the tree lot. So to know what side it's facing, <laughs> it really doesn't care. Like, honestly, like, well, those are things... Well, it does things... care if it needs sun or shade. Yeah, but obviously, yes. yeah, but, yeah. but it doesn't care if I'm the one side <laughs> is is facing the run. That's run. right. No, well, I don't like that one. Yeah. That's another so, old wise tale. Yeah, and those are things that somebody did and it worked, so they say, hey, well, that's how I did it and it worked and and that's how a lot of these wives tales or 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 garage guy tales start right um someone does it one way and it didn't die so hey i poured coca-cola on my plant and it worked and it didn't die so yeah so i please don't do that well that doctor or that cisco guy in seattle he uses coca-cola in his garden all the time right so yeah, but they use Coca-Cola to strip paint. So let's not go there. <laughs> so, Dale, um, yeah, I, I, you're totally fine if you want to move it around with you. If you're reading a book in one spot and move it over and read a book with it there, go ahead. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, hopefully that answered your question in a not-too-confusing way. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. All right, thanks, Dale. Bye-bye. I, was, I thought he was going to talk about touching your plants because I always love running my fingers through plants, and yes. I, I like to just... I don't know, you kind of get the feeling for them, right? Yes. And uh, I always enjoy, like I said, I get a plant, I'll always ruffle my fingers through it. It kind of knocks out some of the dead stuff. And introduce yourself. Yeah, and it kind of, and I think that's always good to do with your plants. Except mimosa, the the sensitive sensitive, plant, because it'll just shut. Yeah, but it's kind of fun doing that a few (laughs) times. Yeah, it is, yes. And the the Venus flytrap. And the Venus flytrap, but don't do that too often either. Yeah, they wear them out. Yes. So, (laughs) (laughs) anyways, um, we have a text, and uh, Karen. Carolyn from Vernon has sent us in, and she has a picture, and it's of an anthurium, but it almost looks like it's being eaten. Like, I'm just, I don't know if you see that, I can see it, yes. Yeah. There's a second one here. Yeah, and it looks like it's, uh, but I don't, I find it hard that it's being eaten. It's not. It needs, oh, wait a minute, down here. No, no, that's, that's just, it's time for a repotting. Yeah, I think it is, to be honest, um, Carolyn. It looks like it maybe needs to get repotted, but I'm just wondering what, what's causing that the, the leaf. bigger holes? Yeah. That's from when it was first rolling. It was in its, you'll see how the growth pattern is, and they roll up tight, and as they open, because they're getting very little light as they open, they're damaging themselves trying to support things, and you'll see the brown spotting around the edges of the leaf as well. And that's that, again, that's that corky edema. And I'm looking at your pot that you have it in, and it's almost like it's a little too wet. And it's sitting proud of where it should be. It's too high in the pot. Just make it a little bit bigger pot, transplant it, get some nice fresh soil, knock off. When you pull that out, don't be afraid to just ruffle your fingers around the roots. That's right. Shake the roots out of it. Put that into nice new soil. Um, Give it a good watering, but then let it dry out. And then is almost, it's cacti like they're succulent like they love to be dry yeah they have a lot of moisture in their leaves so you can run them a little bit drier but it's nice you're getting a bloom in there but it's a good time to do it just peel off that dead stuff fertilize with a 15 30 15 why is the string around it 
I think to hold up because it's yeah, too floppy. floppy. Yes, but they like to stand independently, and that's happened because it's planted too high in the pot. It needs yeah, to go down bigger lower. pot. Yes. Awesome. Well, there you go, Carolyn. Hopefully that helps. And uh, always uh, appreciate your contributions to the show. And right now, I got to take a quick break for some commercials. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join us on the phone lines or text line, we're wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, that's from out of town. But right now we can go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Dave. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. How can we help you? Well, I've got an amaryllis bulb. Yep. It's about the size of a good softball now. Yeah. Uh, it's three years old. It's bloomed uh, three times. Uh, this year it had a two-foot stalk. Oh, nice. Four flowers on it, but absolutely not a single leaf. And what's it doing right now? Is it just, well, it just it's, finished it's blooming? That, the remains of the flower stalk. The flowers are wilted, so I just clipped them. Yeah. And it's got this two-foot stalk, but there's still no leaves. What do you feed it with? Or? I, I was going with, uh, I don't know what it was, uh, uh, 15, 30, 15, I think. Okay, and that should be good. Um, do you have lots of light? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, I would just hopefully be patient because I know it's the, the bud, the bloom always comes out first. Yeah. And then typically it'll send out some leaves. You might be want to push it, maybe hit it with a 30, 10, 10, if you have any other fertilizer with a higher first number a bit, maybe. Oh, yeah. Just to give it a bit of a boost. But it should, um... You it, need you need to stress it. A bit. Yeah, dry it out too. You dry it out so that the leaves will start to come up because then it'll say, "Okay, I've got to produce leaves so I can flower again next year." So if I just let that flower stalk wilt down, then yes. that, that should trigger that the should, leaves. Yeah, that'll push the leaves up. Ah, because I was I was just wondering whether it's going to get enough energy to uh, cycle and go again for another year. Oh, it will. It's just probably like some of mine after they get about five or six years in. I start repotting them into new soil. I don't necessarily change the size of it, but you may find a massive root down there. I have so, never, you know, it's never been repotted. Well, then it needs new soil as well, but wait for the leaves to push. Yeah. But if you keep it on the dry side, it should be fine. It should should do it again then. Yes. Like I say, it's a darn good size. <laughs> <laughs> and has it, did it produce leaves every other time it bloomed? It has in okay. the past. You know, the other two years, it's had good leaf along with the flower stalk. And do you leave it in the same, so you leave it in the same pot all the time? It's in the original pot. And yeah. Like I say, the, you know, the bulb's gone to the size of a good softball, so it's pretty tight in So the pot. you might even want to transplant that right now, like, because just to give it, because then it'll feel like it has some room for the roots to grow and, and produce some leaves and not necessarily bloom. Because what forces it to bloom is stressing it out, right? It also yeah. helps push the bloom. Yeah. But so if you give it some new soil, it'll feel it can branch out and, and sort of send some leaves out. So I would I would probably transplant it into some fresh soil. Uh-huh. Or just pull it out of the pot, knock off the soil, and just put new soil in the same pot. You can do it that way, too. I may just try that. Yeah, give that a try. Okay. All right? Thank you. Let us know how that goes because I actually am curious. Usually yeah. we always have it the other way. Most people are calling in saying, I have all these leaves and no blooms. So, yeah. so you're yeah. on the un- other side. So, <laughs> Okay. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Bye.
It's always good to hear both sides of the well, of the is. coin because that is uh, is something that is uh, typically. Like I said, the other way. Yeah, the other way. They produce tons of leaves and no flower, and then, but it is a repotting thing mostly. Um, we got a question here. It says, "Good morning, Merle. We are wondering if you know about mason bees. We are thinking about going to a course on how to raise them and purchase them. Any information you could provide could be great." Cindy and Carrie. Um, I don't. We 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 have talked about bees here a few times, and it is typically something um, we get. A guest in, so I will work on getting. And I've I've had a few people um, on the show before, so that is something I'll put in the top priority on my on my list. Do you have anything well, you want to add to the, that? The insights that I have on it are: I too have gone to a couple of classes and listened about them because they're non-native. You have to be really on top of when they go into hibernation. And you need a place to get them so that they can nest and put their, themselves to, into hibernation. And that is probably the single biggest thing. But they are incredible pollinators. And that really and truly is it. I have a bug house, a bug hotel. And I get my neighbor's mason bees hibernating in my bug hotel. Oh, neat. <laughs> yeah. They're really fascinating to watch. They're the coolest little bee. All right, I got to take a quick break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Guardian on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, it took me a while to figure it out. I didn't figure it out until someone told me anyways. But anyways, um, it has to do with that big show on tonight. Yes, it does. The Oscars, all Oscar winning show or songs. And we're getting every era of songs. Yeah. Yes, I think it's very I think, interesting. Yeah, all the, all the Oscar winners and yes. uh, which is always music is always a big part of all those shows. Um, yeah, I'm not a big uh, award show. Just it's become too uh, for me. But anyways... <laughs> Um, <laughs> too, too much, too much controversy all the time. So I'd rather just watch The Bachelor or something, <laughs> something fun. Seriously? Oh, oh Merle, now I'm worried about there you. There you go. Hey, I have a 17 year old daughter and a wife. So, hey, you got to watch what they put on the TV sometimes. So oh. can we watch so much hockey? Yes, I suppose. All right. Let's go to Tracy. Good morning, Tracy. Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, hi. I am in the middle of taking a class at the Hort Society, which I'm absolutely loving on sustainable gardening. Awesome. Yeah, one of the presenters, uh, I don't know, I think his name was Mike. He's a soil fellow. Yep. Mike Dorian. Yep. Yeah, and you know, he said something that has just struck me and really changed my whole perspective. But he was talking about, you know, managing our garden, blah, blah, blah. But he just said, you know, when we're talking about trees, he said, think about the forest and what do they do naturally in the forest? And that's what we're really, you know, um, trying to recreate. So it brought me to something that I did. This, I, apparently, I felt that I'm wiser the day after his workshop. <laughs> um, but I had my arborist come in and my um, two of my plants, my mock orange, my persinthia, were just struggling and they weren't blooming as much and everything. Now, in hindsight, I think what I would have done after, if I had done this before Mike's workshop, I probably would have focused this spring on my soil development and 
that's what I would have done. What I what my arborist did is they took them both down to the ground about ten inches, and now I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? But so, what 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 trees did they take down that low? Water. Um, well, I guess they would call them bushes. They're yep. the mock orange and the persinthia. So I thought between the two of you, you should each probably <laughs> have an opinion here. I, I do. I agree with. Um, it's called rejuvenation, and on some plants, forsythia maybe not as much, but absolutely the. Um, mock orange. The mock orange. They get you get end up with so much deadwood, and if you've done lots of prior pruning and things where you've yeah. kept them shaped, um, you end up with lots of deadwood. So rejuvenation is great for for a lot of shrubs. I'd love it with for potentillas, nine barks, lilacs, like sort of every five ten years, depending on on the shape of them. Um, take them right down to the ground like they've done, and then it just comes up with all new growth. And and it's not wasting all its energy on trying to revive any old dead or diseased damaged branching in the trees or shrubs. And it's not right. creating a nest down yeah. at the bottom of the shrub. The only thing that'll happen, though, with your forsythia and your mock orange is that they won't flower this year. Yeah. They're going right. to be, okay. they're going to produce new wood and probably come up quite nicely. How far from the ground did he take the waterton, the mock orange? You know what? There's no way they're even ten inches, and I was no. That's okay. good. good. No, it's that's, good. Oh, that's that's okay. better. Yes. No, you want to even go lower. Like I, I recommend we go four to six inches on a lot of them, because um, that way you don't end up with a whole bunch of deadwood that's, sitting yeah. there, and and then that deadwood just causes disease and stuff anyway. So you're just better off to take it right okay. down. And it gives a okay. great place for the critters to live. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so really, now I can move in with yes. you know, some of Mike's education in the spring, work on that soil, and so you both agree that I really am okay. I You're on the right track. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Thought, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, no, no, um, those, that's all good advice because... And and this is the great time. That's why like we have our prune it up crew out, and we have two crews going steady right now. We've never been so busy because we're really educating our listeners and our customers on on plant or on how tree care. And in the winter time, we can actually see a lot more. We can see the 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 health of the bark. You can see how much deadwood's in there. Like right now is a great time to prune a lot of your fruiting trees and shrubs. Um, like your all your raspberries and things like that because you can see all the deadwood and it's a lot easier to do it at this time of year than it is. And we still do lots of pruning, obviously, in the summer. But it does take a little bit longer. Our, our guys have to take a little bit more time because it, it's a little harder to see some of the the bark. And the bark of a plant tells you a lot. So... If that makes okay. sense. Yeah. And um, one just really quick question. My neighbor and I were texting each other during the show. Yep. And I think we both heard something different on the canna lilies. Um, Kath, is, is you were saying, I said, oh, my God, I'm going to go. I'm going to go down to the mural store and get pots and I'm put them outside. <laughs> and he's like, no, inside. I'm like, uh, she said outside. Yeah, but not say? until the frost damage is Min- minimal. They're tropicals. They really are a tropical plant. So you don't put them outside till the weather's warm and consistently warm. Yeah. <laughs> You're starting you know them indoors. <laughs> I was like, well, this sounds kind of fun. Okay, so just starting them indoors. Now, yes. I don't know why I thought, well, this is novel. No. completely <laughs> wrong. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, we wish, eh? We wish. We if could all nice... run outside. <laughs> yeah, if, I think maybe the confusion comes, because I mentioned if you have a solarium, too, if you want to put them out in the solarium, maybe um, if, if we're lucky enough to have a, a a place in your home where you can do that, but it's uh, 
it is is we we like to dream, but it is and it's it made they make great house plants. Like at this time of year, if you tra- if you plant your candle lily, have it in that bright window, it'll start blooming, start going, and, and get those big foliage that when you add it to the centerpiece of your nice outdoor pots, it's going to look phenomenal. Okay, well, so so the the key message to everybody is pay attention when you're listening to the details. To the, to the show on <laughs> but the nice thing is, we are on podcasts. If anybody does that, we're on all the podcasts: the Apple Podcast, the Spotify right. Podcast, and uh, if you, you if you miss anything, <laughs> more than happy to uh, listen to that. All right, both of you. Thank you. Have a good Sunday. Bye bye. You as well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Um, great call. Um, love that. And let's go to Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I, I got a little lazy last fall, though, and I didn't get my winter seed potatoes in. Oh. Oh, it's terrible. I might have to start them in the house. Merle, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got, and Taff, I got a question on rhubarb. Yep. Um, my rhubarb popped right out of the ground last fall for some reason. It just seemed to come right up and out of the dirt. So I replanted it, and uh, not too deep, and covered it with snow here. But um, do, is rhubarb a surface-growing plant? It, it does push out the, its bulb, but typically it's doing that. Is Was it in good soil or, or maybe a shady spot? Uh, no, it's on the back of the house where the sun hits, and uh, but it's quite dry there, too. So. That, that's the yeah, problem. that could be part of it. And so I just, and maybe this spring, it depends if when you transplant it, if you amended the soil around it, too. Just give it some, dig down and remove, maybe it's this really heavy clay and stuff down there. It can only push down so far, and they're pretty heavy feeders and growers, so they need a bit more room. So just really amend the soil, like dig a two-foot circle around it if you can. Put some nice soil in there, and just give it a bit more of a, a spot to sit. It doesn't count when my dog amends the soil? Yeah. <laughs> not so much, not so much. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Awesome, thanks, Wayne. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. I always love Wayne's sense of humor. He isn't. He uh, he calls in every so often, likes to give me a hard time sometimes. But uh, <laughs> anyways, where are we at here? we got time for one more call. Let's go to B. Good morning, B. Good morning. How can we help you? I'm, I'm in Lethbridge, yeah. and I was wondering when is the best time to take cuttings off my geraniums? Today. No. Today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has to be today. No, um, right now you're in a really good time, and I've mentioned this story a few times, and it, it's a sad story, but a good. I guess it's a story um, <laughs> of when the the space shuttle blew up, and I I just have a really it's very vivid in my mind because we were taking cuttings at the garden center at the time, and it came over the radio, and I just remember we were all we were doing cuttings, and we all couldn't believe it because back then. Um, we were all super excited about the space shuttle. and exactly. But what I was doing, I was doing geranium cuttings at that time. And uh, so that was sort of a vivid. So right now is a, is a good time um, to do your cut. Do you have lots of new growth on the, on the yeah, geraniums? Yes, I do. Yeah, yes, no. I do. And that's sort of what you want to do. When you want to take a cutting about two inches long, make sure there's four or five nodes on it. Only leave about three leaves on the thing. Pull off any of the blooms. Okay. And uh, and then just and then dip it into a number one rooting hormone hormone and then right into the soil, and just keep it oh. evenly moist for a, a two or three weeks and you'll start getting roots right away. Okay, uh, I was on the internet and they said use vitamin C for the roots. 
Um, again, it, it's one of those things you could probably put vitamin D, E, and F on there too, and it'd work. But it's just again it, they used it and it and it worked. And I just okay. rooting hormone is a simple thing to get. And okay. uh, and. I don't know about vitamin C, but I'm sure, like I said, it's one of those things that people try things, right? And okay. you could tell your friend, like I said to someone earlier, pour some Coca-Cola on that cutting and it'll root. And, no, you, and then right. you can tell everybody <laughs> that it was the Coca-Cola that made it root, right? It's okay. sort of one of these things that um, I just keep it simple. Um, the rooting hormone works great, especially for, for your geraniums. Geranium. Put them into nice, get the, just a good regular potting soil. Put them into that, and uh, and, you, and you'll be great. Okay, very good. Thank and, you. And at the time, it's a good time to even out your geraniums. So take your cuttings, and then when you're done taking your cuttings, look at your, your mother plant and just even it up at that time as well. Like just make it nicely shaped. And then oh, it'll just, it, it, yeah, it'll push a whole bunch of new growth at that time for you. And it'll make the okay, stems so some strong. Of them are getting kind of scraggly. <laughs> and yeah. that's what happens. They yeah. get scraggly. So just take the top two, three inches off each one, create your cuttings from them. And then at that point, take the whole plant down and even it up. And then it'll, it'll send out a bunch of new growth. And it, it okay, might even be a good great. time to transplant your mother plant at this time as well. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. We got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And, uh, and I'll get that on the next one, if that's okay. <laughs> I, I forgot to do my liner. I know, advertising. Got to talk to the I know, boss. I know. You better talk to the boss, Merle. I know, I pay for that. And yes. I, I use a <laughs> Um... I get a question here, Kath, um, regarding a cactus, and I love he calls it the Cactus Club on on his on his windowsill there, or the or the shelf in front of the window. Um, and I'm just trying to get back to the question. Yeah, because I'm not. Seeing- hello, what does it say here? Hello, I met you at the garden center. There, where's, oh, there it is. Where's the question? Yes, it is. it is. Hi, Merle. I met you at the Garden Center a couple weeks ago and told you about my cactus from Sicily. Yes. It's the third one over from the left in what I call the Cactus Club. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, we actually had a good chat. Yeah, that is. That's a... And it looks like it's an orchid cactus. The one in the middle? No, the on the left. Third one on the left there. One, two, three. Yeah, the one on the far left. Okay. Yeah, and I believe that's one, and that's an orchid cactus. And when it comes up, I believe it is. It looks like it to me, but the little tiny pot. Yeah. Yeah, that's an orchid cactus. Yeah, so you yes. should start seeing blooms, hopefully on that. And uh, again, fifteen thirty fifteen on it. Um, and I'm not sure. There's a few different varieties of of in the cactus. There's one thing. That there's so many varieties, eh? Oh. <laughs> like, well, last week I was looking at that lady's cacti, and I was thinking about how 
you know, the Crashula family is so large, and I couldn't come up with its common name, which, by the way, it's called Hobbit Toes. Yeah. <laughs> and this, and uh, and we also had a texter um, want to talk about air plants, and we we bring in quite a few. The Talansias will do quite well in Calgary. Um, the best thing is, but every once a week, you got to just soak them in water. The best thing is just get a, a pot or a or a Tupperware container, fill it with water, s- put all your Talansias in there, and soak let them, them soak them for a couple hours. Um, don't do it really, really cold water. Um, I tend to let my tubs sit for about an hour to get yeah, to room up. temperature, and then that way I feel that they're getting a little warmer water and they're sinking in. They recommend on the care tag to spray them with water, but our houses are so dry, they don't get enough moisture that way. So yeah, and they end up with water spots everywhere, too. Yes. Depends on what you got. But, yeah, absolutely. Just soak them sort of once a week, every two weeks is usually fine. Um, we do have this new... Uh, it's called supple plant. Yes, it's a it's a trace. It has trace minerals in it. It's a fertilizer. You spray it on your house plants um, every th- every three to four days. It's just a mist, and it, and it feeds plants. Love feeding through their through their leaves, and a lot of people don't realize that. Um, a lot of times, when if things are stressed out, mm-hmm. if the roots are stressed, a lot of times we'll feed our plants um, through the leaves, and and they'll take up. Um, food quite quickly that way. It's almost like uh, um, just getting it directly into the into the veins of the plant, and it, and it works really really well. So for for a lot of times, it, it says that. And Talantias, other than that, they're really quite easy, and they're they're a great way to make things look decorative. Let them dry. You can just let, leave them on a shelf by themselves. You can sit them in a glass vase. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do with uh, with the Talantia, and they're really quite easy. Like, they are. They're so easy. They're so easy to maintain and to look after. And as long as you remember to immerse them in the water. Yeah, one of the other ones, the, the Spanish moss is a little bit hard. I find it dries out quite easily. Yeah, and the Spanish moss will pull the moisture away from the Talantia. Yeah. And, I mean, they are epiphytes. They live off of the air or the tree or the growing medium that they're around, but it's because they supply continuous residual moisture. Absolutely. All right, I think we've got time for a quick call here. We'll go to Ron. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, how are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Hi, I've got a cluster of six Albanian pine trees that we've let grow a little too high for our liking. Okay. They're maybe 25 to 30 feet high. Okay. And I, ideally, we'd like them to be, you know, 15 to 18 feet high. Yeah. Any it, advice what we can do? It, it, it's really tough to to shrink a pine tree, to be honest. Um, if you could text me a couple of pictures or what I just recommend, maybe call our arborist division and uh, and Mark will come out and give you some advice because um, they're not really made to be reduced, right? And a lot of times when you reduce an evergreen, you end up creating a really weak point because the, the trunk has grown quite thick. And then if you reduce it down to that, when the new one grows, it'll send out a split at that point. Okay. And those become really weak points. Um, so it's something we don't really recommend. Um, but it might be able to be reduced in a couple different ways. But without seeing it, it, it it's really tough. And that that's something I would look at getting an arborist in. And uh, and Mark is one of the best in the town. So I would uh, let him have a look at it and uh, and see what uh, what you guys can come up with if he can have a look at it with you. And I'll okay. Be- yeah, Sorry, go ahead. and I was just going to say Albanian pine. Um, what is that? 
Well, it's a very old-fashioned European pine, and I seem to recall that 100 years ago or so we sold them, but I cannot remember its Latin. That's the problem that I'm having trouble, but... Pinus pus. Yeah, that's, yes, that's it. Balkan pine, Macedonian pine, Serbian pine. Yeah, it's one that's, um, ah, it almost looks like a bristlecone pine, too. Well, the needles are a little bit longer. Yeah. Can you, are you able to text me a picture to the same phone number, Ron? Um, yeah, I can. Awesome. I'd love to see that. If you could do that. Yeah. Then I could tell you a bit more. And, uh, but then again, if you'd like to give, uh, Mark called us down at Pruned Up at our store and he'd be more than happy. They're free estimates. So he can, he can come out and have a look at it. And he'll probably, yeah, he'll probably recommend shortening branches rather than taking the main trunk down. So you'll be dealing with still a bit of height, but you could shorten the spread of the branching. Okay. okay. Well, I'll text you. Yeah, I'd love to have a look. There. Perfect. Thanks, okay, Ron. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye All right, we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. All right, there we go. There we go. Everyone loves a little M&M, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. All right. He is actually a, a rapper that uh, a, a lot of uh, people <laughs> love to listen to. And a lot of people love you to listen included. to my liners. That Let's Talk Gardening <laughs> is brought to you by... I got, hey, you, you got me off track, Brian, with this M&M. You got me all... I'm on the boss is listening. Yeah, no kidding, eh? <laughs> all right. It, let's show this Let's Talk Gardening thing that we do is brought to you by Pruned Up Calgary's Trusted Tree Care Service Company for pruning or removal. We got you covered. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. All right. There we go. You can't blame me. No You're too can, easily distracted yeah, no today. No one can tell me that I just self-promote too much because yeah. I have to get reminded to to, to, to put my, uh, my own commercial on. You're just having too good a time. Yeah. Lots of, lots of great calls today. Lots of different... Um, um, questions, which is awesome. Um, and right now, let's go. We're going to go back outside. We're going to talk with Jim regarding pruning. Good morning, Jim. Hey, how you doing? Good, so, good. I think you answered one of my questions. So it sounds like Mark is the guy to get a hold of at your, at your uh, arborist division. Then, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, he comes out and does all the evaluations and quotes. Okay, perfect. I got a poplar tree that's growing up. It's cutting out my satellite signal, so i got to get something. <laughs> but anyway, the reason I called is the lilac bush. Okay. I actually have had one of your other guys out of a couple. Those, those things are, I mean, the, the, that's how beautiful they are. They are they are obnoxious. But when oh, you get oh. them cut back, they, the sucklers that come out of the ground around them are just brutal. Yeah. No, they, they can be. And the... I know it's a little bit of work, and but when they come out when they're young is the easiest time to deal with it. Um, go in and do some root pruning, and, and you can dig them out at that point. If you let them get bigger and bigger, it's a little harder, right? But if you do it right when they're young, it's a little bit easier. Oh, okay, so, so so get a hold of Mark and get him to come out because I want it knocked way back. So yeah, like a, and like, he'll recommend what to do with that. And actually, if you look on our, our Facebook or Instagram post, we, we took down a huge poplar um, in, in northeast Kari a couple weeks ago, and we had both our bucket trucks there. We have 60-foot bucket trucks to get up high, so we could definitely help you out. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. All right, and let's go to Barry. Good morning, Barry. 
Hey guys, um, I just want to confirm. I've got an Alpine current. It's about nine years old. It goes to about two feet high. That's where I keep a trim to. Yeah. Um, does it still qualify like a Catoni Aster and a nine bark if I want to cut it back? Absolutely. Down, down about six inches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the only thing is with those Alpine currents is they love getting that powdery mildew. So it's good to thin them out every so often, do the rejuvenation, because they get a lot of dead wood in them, and, and they get a lot of branching and, and like Cass said, nesting in the yes. center of them. So it is good every, like, 5, 10 years, take them right down to the ground. But at that time, make sure you're feeding them with a 15, 30, 15, and get one of those soaker hoses, like those sweating hoses, and lay it along. I'm assuming it's in a hedge. Yep. Yep. Lay the soaker hose on there and and feed it at that time, um, and uh, you'll see great results. Well, you're dead on as far as the powdery mildew. That's been a problem for the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. so what you want to do is early spring, like before it starts, is uh, even once every week or every two weeks, is spray it with um, pure spray green. And that's one of the best. It's, a, it's an insecticide. It'll look after aphids and spider mites and all that stuff as well but it also works as a fungicide it doesn't say that on the bottle but in the states it does because in in canada our lovely government registration um fbi blah 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 um like to collect another like to collect another million (laughs) dollars that take away half the good products in in canada they don't realize that we don't have that many people to to invest a million bucks to put a different word on every bottle but that's another story. Um, but it works really good, and it's produced by Suncor, which is a Canadian company, and it's been used in the horticultural industry in the commercial side for like 30, 40 years, so it's great. Okay, I'll, I'll do that for sure. And also, uh, on my willow tree, yep. it just seems like, it, you know, for the last uh, uh, two or three years, it's, uh, I looked it up, and it seemed like it's chlorotic. You know, it's it's putting out uh, very few leaves. They're a lighter color. My neighbor's got a, a willow tree, exact same kind, on the other side of the fence, and it's just dark green and 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 bushy as heck. Mine is just kind of thinly. There was like a bit of that this past year, and um, it probably just needs to be thinned out and fertilize it. And but it does need with some of our our. Uh, it was fairly dry. Um, over some of the summer, and depending on where your willow is, theirs might be in a little bit wetter spot. And it does, it does like to be not wet, but it does like a, it doesn't like to dry out a lot. Yeah, well, I've tried to keep it wet. It's down near the swales, which kind okay, of that should be good. Um, I would just recommend feed it as well. It does like just even like a thirty ten ten um, twenty 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 is a great all purpose fertilizer for those as well. Okay, now on the on the Alpine current, the 15, uh, 15 that you suggested. Yep, fifteen thirty uh, fifteen. Yep. Would would your uh, green it up fertilizer work for that? Absolutely, you could just sprinkle that right along the hedge, like this. Just go right over top after you cut it down. Just get a couple bags of the of the lawn fertilizer and just sprinkle it right into the soil, rake it in there, and that's a great way of doing it as well. Okay, good stuff. All, All right. right, guys, thank you. Thanks, Barry. Bye bye. Okay, no. Bye bye. Yeah, that, and absolutely, that, that works like a slow release. A slow release is in, best, I in, think. In, in to rejuvenate your soil and all that as well. Well, let's go. We have an indoor plant question here, I believe. Good morning, Karen. Hi, good morning. How can we help you? Um, I had an umbrella, or I have an umbrella house plant. I've had it for probably 30 years. Yep. It's, it's in the corner of our living room, lots of sun. 
probably don't water it enough, but it's uh, it's always grown really well. And now it's creating, it's like it's going to seed. It has little seeds or it looks like little berries on it. Yeah. And I didn't know what I... No, and that's a, and that is probably a natural process. And what it's done is probably getting stressed out a bit, which okay. is because if it's getting really root bound and maybe not quite enough, that's its way of blooming. Like all all plants will bloom in one way or another, and so that's way it, it's thinking it's stressing out a bit. So it's trying to reproduce itself as well. Okay, so just I would probably maybe. recommend it's probably time for a, for a transplant. Time to pick out a nice new pot, get some fresh soil around it. And because uh, usually those are pretty bulletproof, and you can dry them out pretty good. Like they don't mind going dry. Oh, so, okay. So Great. they're one that um, those are plants that I recommend for people um, to really build confidence. If you're not a, if you want to neglect something a little bit, and it still right. gives you some love, um, the umbrella tree is a great one for that. Excellent. All right. I don't know if I can add on one more question sure. about a multi-stem mayday. Sure. So I have a multi-stem mayday, and it's had a lot of shoots going throughout my whole yard. So yeah. um, some have grown into, I like them, that nice tree. And I did transplant one of them. It was probably, I'm going to say, 10 years ago. And every year it blooms, and it does its thing, but it hasn't grown an inch. And I'm not... <laughs> they do get stunted once in a while. And do you get any of the black knot on that at all? Like on, on, the, on, on the tips of the leaves, if you look up, it looks like burnt marshmallow on the mm-hmm. on the mayday, I'll have to check that when it has leaves. I haven't noticed it. No, well, actually, right now you should be able to see it a lot easier when it doesn't have leaves. If you look around the branching, look up into it and look and see if you see any like black. Looks like black burnt marshmallow. Oh uh, yeah, black black yeah black rock. I have that on the mother tree. I'm gonna call it, but not on the one that I transplanted. I didn't okay. see any of that. They they get it a lot, unfortunately, and once it's yeah. in, it's that needs to be cut out, and it's very contagious. It also gets spread by birds and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that needs to get cut out all the time to create the to, on a good maintenance program. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it does get into it. If it gets into the main stem, it does kill the tree. So. Okay, and then the one that's stunted growth, will it? I, that's what I'm thinking. It might have some of that because that's typically when they get stunted. Okay. I've seen it when they get that black knot into the main trunk. They kind of get stunted. Okay. All right? Okay, thanks very much. Yeah, if you want to, even if you could text us a picture or, or call our arborist, then Mark would be more than happy to come out and have a look. Awesome, appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. And I'm going to take a break. So I'm going to follow all the rules. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. The Muppets are for sure manly. There you go. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open and it's very manly if you want to call into a gardening show. By all means, we talk about all kinds of good stuff. <clears throat> or or the ladies are more than welcome to call in as well, please. <laughs> um, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. We've had a great mix today. We've had guys and gals and... Uh, Some good questions. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to say, like, if you are... Um, we finally, all of our seeds are in now. We got a really, really nice selection. We got uh, the Pacific Northwest Seeds. 
in as well. We have a, and I, I really am enjoying these ones. They have great seed packs, um, great pitchers, and uh, an awesome variety of veggies and, and flowers as well. And we have um, West Coast seeds as well. And uh, we also have the Wild Rose Heritage Seeds, which are a local Alberta company that are great as well. So, um, and we can't get all price points. But the only thing is we do all bring in our only number one grade seeds. Um, I try, I stay away from the ones that um, are typically in the box stores and stuff like that because I tend to find that they, they, they try to fill them with lesser quality seeds and especially the ones of the States. Um, Canada's a little stricter on that kind of thing. If you're going to put the grade on them and stuff like that, you need to be certified. And uh, and all of ours are non-GMO and all that other. And all the other <laughs> current stuff. All the things that are interesting to all of us. Yes. Um, and one good thing is with the Pacific Northwest, they do have a, just a little bit lower price point. So I'm uh, I'm happy to see that for, for all of them and with great variety. So uh, if you want to come and- check them out. Yes, and, and, and the designation of a heritage seed or an heirloom seed, they only become heritage or, or heirloom if we continue to use them and can produce viable seed from them so that we can keep on using some of the really valuable. It's a lot of work being it a is. seed company. I watch some of those guys and how they go about it, and man, oh, man, it's it's not easy. It's not no. an easy task. So no, uh, it's hard to stay on top of it. It's actually the garden industry as a whole, we have all sorts of little things we have to pay attention to, and we do. We Anybody responsible looks after all of that and tries to keep it going forward. Yeah, no, and uh, I follow a couple of sites, and it's... And I don't like, and it, it's a bit frustrating and a bit, I understand it too. Yes. Like it's almost just everyone's just chasing the price all the time. Yes. And, but when you, but then they come to a garden center, and I know the guys at, uh, at Greengate and uh, Plantation and Bluegrass and that, we all hear the same thing. We get all the questions, and, uh, and you hope that they support because we're the ones that bring the knowledge and, and have those good people. And have to pay everybody properly to to have the knowledge, and further the knowledge, and send them to product knowledge meetings. And yeah, to, and we and we don't and they don't get tips and stuff like that. Like no. we got to we got to pay them to to be in our stores and and to to share the knowledge that you get. So maybe at the, at your local independent garden center, you might pay a dollar or two more a pot here and there. That's right. Yes. But remember, you're going to support your local business person. Yes. And uh, last time I checked, Amazon and some of the big boxers aren't aren't sponsoring your uh, kids' hockey team or your baseball team, who <laughs> who we sponsor quite a few teams. So, do you? Hmm. well, you have to, right? Yes, well, you, you do. don't have to, but it's something I I enjoy being part of the community, and and I know we sponsor a couple hockey teams, baseball, lots of dance clubs. Um, <laughs> you go dancing. Well, I don't, but the kids do that we sponsor. So okay. we like to we like to support. And and unfortunately, I, I know there's going to be some people listening and said, hey, they've asked us to sponsor. I, I cannot sponsor everything I get because I, I, honestly, I get probably 500 requests a year um, or more. And I do appreciate um, any of the support that I receive back when we support those young teams. And I know I know I talked to Colin at Plantation and and Bill out at Bluegrass and things like that, that they, they get a lot of that. And I know they do a lot for the community as well. I know, um, Bill, they just had their big Groundhog Day where a lot of the money goes to charity as well. So, um, which is great. Those are, those are things that... Uh, They're valuable. They support the local. Absolutely. So... Uh, 
Um, please get out and support your independent garden center. And let's go to Phil. He's supporting some cuttings right now. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good. How can we help you? Very well, thanks. Uh, I um, uh, actually have a quick question about aloe vera cutting. Okay. Now, uh, my plant, I believe, has gotten the root rot in it. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it had a red kind of ooze at the base of the... the yeah. Leaf. Yeah. So I uh, I pulled it uh, out of the pot last night and, and you know, uh, checked everything. And, yeah, it's kind of rotted right through. But I have some great healthy leaves and cuttings on it. Okay, so the best thing, yeah, you can cut off that bottom part. Actually, unfortunately, I'm just going to put you on hold, Phil. i got to take a quick break. And then I'll come back and we'll answer it, okay? Okay. Thanks. Sorry about that. You're welcome. All right. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll come right back after some commercials on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, Gardening. and uh, thanks to Brian again for all the great tunes today, and uh, and it all had to do with the Oscar Oscar winning songs that, uh, and you'll find out the new ones that will happen tonight on the on the Oscars. So, anyways, thanks Brian again for for all of your hard work and uh, and passion for music that you share with us every week when you're here, and we're going to go back to Phil. And uh, just talk about those uh, aloe vera cuttings. Yes. Um, so basically, what and Kath and I were talking about when you when the rod part. So I would just go like uh, half an inch or a quarter inch above where it's rod, and you can just cut them again. Okay. But this time, just let it really callous. Like leave it out on the counter for like a, a week. About seven days. You want it to quit oozing. Okay. And then it will start to calcify, and that's where the root system is going to start from. Nice. But you want to get it. You want to get it hardened off, and and the oozing to stop. And then when you do go back to put it in in the soil, I this is where chopsticks you come in really handy. <laughs> I, I stand it up on fresh soil with my chopsticks, propping it up and hold it in place. And you might want to slightly dampen the soil, and it's got to have a nice bit of grit to it. And it will take about a month to root. It'll go down, and it'll start to put out these roots, and you'll notice it. And then gradually, it'll just fill soil around where the roots are starting to go down. Great. Well, that sounds excellent. I'd love to save this plant. Good. And um, and will I? Um, I don't need any root starter or anything if, like if that. If you do have any hormone, you could. But the succulents start fairly easy. They're very so, easy to get going. Yeah. So you should be okay. But uh, the rooting hormone definitely helps um, spur it on a little bit quicker. But the key is to let it let it cal- like let it callous. Let's let that thing heal. Because when you put something wet in there, it never really heals. It's same with our, like a wound. If if you just have a big gash on your on your arm and you just cover it right away and Doesn't never let out. it, yeah. And then if you, it'll just create fungi underneath there, so you gotta change the dress. So this is the same way. Your best to leave it open, let it calcify, heal, and then root from there. Beautiful. Thank you guys very much. All right. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, thanks for listening. Already. Thanks. Bye bye. All right, let's go to Stephanie. We got one more here. Good morning, Stephanie. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Um, well, I'm from Medicine Hat area, yeah. and I have seen in the greenhouses here that they sell kiwi vines. Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering what, wondering what your thoughts and if you have any tips are. And yeah, I, they they actually grow quite well here. Um, 
you do get some fruit on them, but a lot of times people are growing more for the vine because you get a really nice, I almost call them the bougainvillea of, of, of Calgary because outside you'll get a pink hue on the leaves and that, like the, the, you'll get a pink tinge and stuff to the leaves and if they're in a, and if they're in a fairly warm spot. And the pig, so they're really quite a nice vine. There's some really nice specimen ones at the zoo, and uh, and they will grow in the shade, but they're a little bit slower growing there. But if you have them out in the sun, like they're quite a beautiful. They um, are, but uh, we have vine. members who get them to produce fruit, but yep. they have the male and the fe- female yep. of the okay. kiwi. And you need to; it has to be on the label so that you know it. And then some of the growers say that they're selling both in the one pot. I don't know but we've had members with the open gardens and we've seen kiwis growing yeah okay so you definitely do get um fruit on them but typically uh, you're not going to grow them like you're not going to be harvesting kiwi abundance you'll get some fruit but nothing like an apple or something like that have you tried the colcomita i never can pronounce it it's got a variegated foliage it's beautiful yeah that's that's a real pretty one and that's where you get those different foliage and it's something unique in calgary so like i said i almost call them like the bougainvillea of 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 uh calgary because it's a vine that we can get a little bit different other than a virginia creeper or something like that so i just like them because of the pretty foliage too yeah gorgeous okay and they winter okay like yes as long as as you start with the right variety so if you go to your local garden center and uh, get to start off with the right one you'll be fine okay perfect thank Thank you you. bye-bye all right that's it for today kath thanks you're welcome and uh thanks for everybody for participating thanks to brian again for the great tunes and uh, we'll be here next week on 770 chqr